0: Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. I am going to launch into the message. And as I was praying about this message, and it was, it was really neat, uh, just the Holy Spirit is he's brilliant, he's fun. Uh, he, he gave the same scripture to, to Mike. That's going to be my, my main scripture today. Um, so I, I think it's a, a confirmation from the Holy Spirit. But as, as I was praying about today, what to share, if you were here last week, um, I'd inc- or if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that message, because it, uh, I felt like through that message, the Lord was healing hearts. He was taking us from places of, of discouragement. I shared about John chapter 21, and this was the restoration of the disciples after, after Jesus had. I had gone to the cross and was resurrected, and especially Peter and his whole story of denying Christ, but then Christ restoring him three times and how he wants to restore us, each one of you, from the things that have, you felt like have disqualified you. And through that, I felt like, like the Lord is healing some hearts. And as I was praying about today, he was saying, I felt like he was saying he wanted to actually give us a heart transplant. He wanted to give us a heart transplant. And Pastor Chris was was singing it uh, just a little bit ago. It's Ezekiel 36 where he was speaking to the Israelites and he said, uh, uh, you'll no longer have a heart of stone, but I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I feel like today what he wants to do is, for some of us that there's been places of stone in our hearts, he actually wants to give us a heart of flesh, and a heart of flesh that sees the lost around us and wants to be a reconciler to God. But before I, want to get, into, before I get into that, I want to just talk about the world right now the circumstances in our, in our country. And, and it can be hopeless if you watch the, the news. It can be hopeless if you um, look at social media, all those different things. Um, I, I shared the scripture last week. Jesus told the disciples before he was going to go to the cross, You know, he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. And that message is still true today, right? He has overcome the world. And, and there's some concerning things going on. There's all kinds of political division. There's things, agendas being pushed in our, in our schools and in our nation that don't line up with what the Bible says. And it's very concerning. And we need to be people that stand for biblical values. We need to be people that stand up for our convictions. And we need to use the things that, that God has given us as, as citizens of this country. We need to engage in politics. We need to vote, first of all. We need to write our representatives and senators. You can, you can call them. You can sign positions. You can go to school board meetings. You can run for offices. You can actually be in positions of leadership where you can, where you can see change made. We need to do those things because I think what, this is my opinion, is that we've been actually, uh, over the last 10 to 20 years, have been reaping what Christianity sowed in the decades before that. And there's, you know, in the 60s or 70s, you know, this movement, all kinds of people were getting saved. And they had a mindset of instead of engaging culture, they were actually trying to get as many people saved through fear of the end to come that they didn't actually bring the kingdom and expand the kingdom wherever they were. And so they were focused on hunkering down and getting as many people saved through through fear instead of actually making a change in, in the culture around them. And I think because of that and the and the breakdown of the family unit, you know, God's design is for family, and it's it's been under attack and it isn't protected the way that it should be. We're recognizing these things now, but but we're reaping uh what was sown over the past decades. And and it's difficult, but but there's hope. And I believe what has happened through the events of COVID and Other things over the last couple years, it's exposed. It's expose some things. It's expose things in in government. It's expose things in media. It's expose things in entertainment. There's there's fear that's behind things. There's control behind things. And sometimes we we want to demonize people. But our battle is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians six says right. But it's against powers and principalities and and and, and, and so we we need to make sure. that we understand what's going on around us, and we need to make sure that we understand what's going on in the church. And I think something, this is my opinion, that's been exposed in the church, like the big, big C church, church, the people, the body of Christ, is that a spirit of division has been so rampant. And we spent so much time and energy fighting amongst ourselves both on theological, but also on political and social issues that we've forgotten that there's a whole world out there that needs Jesus. We do this not only within the church, with our with our opinions, our convictions, some of which are very biblical, but there's some things that that aren't. I was thinking of an example, and hopefully I'm not offending anybody in the room, but you think about like, Pentecostal holiness, it's a, a denomination. And I don't know what they believe now, but for a long time, it's like women could not wear uh, pants. They had to wear skirts and you couldn't play cards and, and all these different things. And sometimes we take those convictions, which I guess are, are a very interesting interpretation and application in the Bible, but we take those things and then we impose those things on other people when it's, when it's not actually the word of God. And we need to make sure that we're not doing the same, right? We, and we do it with people outside of the church, too. We, we look at people around us that need Jesus, and we judge them according to their beliefs on certain issues. And we need to make sure that our, our convictions, our opinions in some cases, are not actually putting up a wall in between us and the very person or people that God is calling us to reach. We need to bring them, lead them into an encounter with the love of God, encounter with Jesus, and then, as their their life becomes new, as they become a new creation, let the Holy Spirit move in their in their hearts and conviction. And when moments come, you can speak the truth in love and help help shape them. Help help them see what the word says about different issues. But sometimes that our, our our convictions actually put up a wall that doesn't even allow us, we won't even try to to be an encounter with Jesus with someone. Think about Acts chapter 10. Some of you are, are probably familiar with this passage. It's the story about Cornelius and his household, right? And so here's Cornelius. He's a, he's a good man. And, and he has an encounter with God. And God tells him, you know, send your servant. There's a man named Peter, Simon Peter, who's staying by in in the house of uh, Simon the Tanner by the sea. And as this is going on, Peter's on the roof of this house, and he has an encounter with God. And this sheet comes down, and there's all kinds of animals in it, uh, unclean animals. Uh, the the Jewish people had had certain animals that were lawful for them to eat, and and ones that were unclean. And it was to set them apart from other nations around them and 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 the lord shows him these animals peter and says peter take and eat or kill and eat and peter says no no way lord those are those are unclean that that's against the rules and he does it three times and then all of a sudden this this guy shows up this servant and says hey my master wants you to come to my house and (laughs) tell me what this is all about and that was another issue, too, because Peter wasn't supposed to um, associate with the Gentiles. That's why it was such a big deal when, when Jesus talked to the, the woman by the well. She was a, a a Gentile. And so Peter goes, tells these people about Jesus, and they get filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and all of a sudden... Peter's eyes are opened, and he has to go back to the other uh, apostles, the disciples, and say, hey, this is for the Gentiles now. And we don't know everything behind the story, whether whether Peter didn't have a full revelation of what the new covenant meant, or if he understood that to some degree, but was still holding to the traditions that he had. Either way the very thing that he thought he was supposed to do was, was about to keep him from the people he was supposed to reach. And for some of us, it might be the same. And we just need to listen to the Holy Spirit when he's leading us into a situation. We, we need to make sure that we're not, we're not judging people by their beliefs or their actions and, and keeping us from reaching Christ, reaching them for Christ. Christ. Sometimes we we place this system of rules on people and disqualify them because we feel like they need to think a certain way on a topic or or vote a certain way. And at times we've resorted to mocking or tearing down those who aren't aligning with our biblical values, whether in, in discussion with friends and family or whether it's out there on social media. And that greets the heart of God. Your life, my life, is sending a message to those around us. What message are we sending? I think in some cases we've become Pharisees instead of disciple makers. And we've become ministers of division instead of ministers of reconciliation. And that's what I want to talk about, the ministry of reconciliation. That's all of us believers. That is the ministry that Christ has given to us as as ones who are in him and full of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 5 in a second. But before we do that, I want to lay a foundation and, and make a link here that I think is important for us to understand. And this is in 2 Corinthians 3. So if you back up a, a couple chapters and you kind of read this thing through, you see that there's there's this thread that Paul is following. He goes on a sidetrack a little bit. But he, in, in 2 Corinthians 3, he's talking about the, the Old Covenant and the glory of the Old Covenant. And if you're familiar with this story, you know, Moses went up onto the mountain and, and encountered God there, and his glory... You know he was he was in the glory of God, and when he came down, Moses' face was shining with glory, and it was so bright that they had to put a, a veil over his face because people couldn't even look at him. And what Paul is saying is is that is the, the glory of the old uh, old covenant, and the new covenant is way way better. It's way better. Second Corinthians three verse seven. Now, if the ministry that brought death which was engraved in letters of stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. Transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit, say that, ministry of the Spirit, be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? So hold on to that thought. It's the ministry that brings righteousness. For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. What it, if what was transitory, that's the Old Testament, came with glory, what is much greater of that which lasts? That's the, the new covenant. So old covenant, new covenant. Old covenant, new covenant. So Paul is talking about this. He goes on a sidetrack in 2 Corinthians 4, talking about our resurrection bodies and some different things. And then he starts talking in 2 Corinthians 5 about the ministry of reconciliation. And the point I'm trying to make is that the ministry of the Spirit is the ministry of reconciliation. The Holy Spirit inside of each one of us, when you become born again, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you. You become one with him, his, your spirit with the Holy Spirit. It's inside of you. And the whole purpose of that is to bring reconciliation, to bring others into re- relationship with God. I want to make a, a couple more links for you. In, in Exodus chapter 20, and I won't, I won't read this text, but uh, this is when Moses went up the mountain again and, and got the Ten Commandments. And, and the people saw when Moses met uh, God on the mountain, there was thunder and lightning and all kinds of stuff all around and, and sounds of trumpets and there's the smoke rising up, all this craziness. And the people were afraid. And then Moses comes down the mountain, and 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 then uh, the people say to him, that God that we just saw on the mountain is scary. You speak to God for us and tell us what he says. When God's original plan for us was that we would each... Speak to him; that we would each have relationship with him. When we, when he created Adam and Eve and placed them in this garden of Eden, it was so he could have relationship with them, and he wants relationship with each one of you. But the, but the Israelites, you know, sin entered the world, and, and people started judging with what they saw instead of with the spirit. They judged after the flesh. We'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. But the. So the Israelites said, okay, Moses, basically what they were saying is, Moses, you become our mediator with God. And so he became their mediator. And so God, not, not his original intent, not his original design, he says, okay, well, I'm going to send a great mediator, his name is Jesus, to mediate on the behalf of, of humankind, 1 Timothy 2 says, For there is one God and one mediator also between God and mankind, the man Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. So Jesus became the great mediator, but now the brilliant thing is Jesus died, was resurrection, went to heaven, so then the Holy Spirit lives in us, and the Holy Spirit inside of us is now the mediator between the people that need God and the Father. Does it make sense? There's a mediator inside each one of us. There's an ambassador that we'll talk about in a minute that's in each, each one of us. And, and we're supposed to see the people around us and, and, and be reconcilers to God. And there's another ramification if this, this idea that the, the ministry of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of us is for, for reconciling you know, he, he has other functions. He's the comforter. He's the teacher. But I, I believe this is like primary to the Holy Spirit's ministry, the, is the ministry of reconciliation. And the ramifications of that are, are that the gifts of the Spirit, you know, we, we talked about, we did a series on the prophetic not too long ago, and, and and there's other gifts of the Spirit. The ramifications are that the gifts of the Spirit are for reconciliation. They're all meant to bring us closer to God, whether we're in Christ or we're about to be in Christ, they're, they're, the, the purpose of them is to bring us closer to God. It's not just to like do some fun stuff in the kingdom. It's, it's to bring people closer to God, to reconcile them to God. All right? Let's go to Second Corinthians five, starting in verse 14. So I want to, as we go through this passage, I'm going to highlight a a few different things that I want us to try to get as as we learn to be ministers of reconciliation. Pastor Chris talked about this a couple weeks ago. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And the part one that I want to highlight is, for Christ's love compels us. We need to have the love of Jesus. We need to move in compassion as we are reconcilers to God. Many times throughout the, the Gospels, you see Jesus. You know, he was moved with compassion, and then he healed them. He was moved with compassion, and then he delivered them. At the end of the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, you know, they, they ask the question about you know, who is a neighbor, and then, and then Jesus says to them, okay, who is, who is the, a good neighbor? And Jesus' reply was the one who had compassion, and he said, go and do the same. His reply was, go and do the same. Have compassion. And we need to have compassion and a heart that is broken for the loss and the hurting and the hurting. And I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful we, we were here Wednesday at lunchtime, the, the intercessors praying around here for a heart for the lost. And that's what we need. We need a heart of compassion for, that, for those who need Jesus. We need to be broken. And sometimes it hurts to be broken Sometimes it, it, it hurts to be in a place and, and you just start weeping because you see things around you. You see the need for Jesus around you and it hurts your heart. But the Lord wants to use that to move you into a place where you can be the reconciler, where you can speak a word of encouragement, where you can bring them an encounter with the Holy Spirit, where, where you can uh, tell them about the good news, of Jesus Christ. So we need to grow in compassion and some ways we can do that. First of all, and I think the most important is that we need to be with Jesus. We need to spend time with him. We become like those who we spend time with. And most of the time, you know, you you, you talk about that in relationship with friends and, and you know, you, you become with You become like your friends because you spend so much time with them. Well, When you spend so much time with Jesus, you become like him. And what is Jesus' heart? His heart is that none shall perish, but all should come to repentance. That's 2 Peter 3. He is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's Psalm 34. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 147. We need to get his heart his heart for the broken, his heart for the hurting, his heart for the lost. Another way that we can grow in compassion is just to spend time with around those that that need Jesus. You can spend time, you know, serving in a ministry, uh, in a homeless shelter. You can go on a missions trip where you where you'll be confronted with with people that. That have a great need. For some of you, it's going into a bar. So Lord, frees you to do that. There's people that need Jesus there. For some of you, it's it's you know going to the places that most people wouldn't go. Uh, as Pastor Chris and I were chatting earlier this week, sometimes we bounce message ideas after off of each other, and I was asking him, or or he gave me this advice, which is really good advice. If you ever prepare a message, take this advice. He looks at what he says, and he said, and, and he asked himself the question, would Jesus say this? It's good advice, right? And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, what would Jesus be doing right now? If he was on earth again, what would he be doing and he'd be going around to the places that nobody else would go, being with the people that no one else wanted to be with, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, all of those things. And then he'd be walking around in churches, go, you know, walking around visiting churches and, and calling out corruption in all the churches. Right? That's what Jesus did. And then he'd be going to the, the, the outdoor places and preaching the gospel and healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, you know, freeing people from demons. That's what Jesus did. That's what we need to do. Finally, for growing in compassion, another thing that helps is for us to remember what the Lord has delivered us from and let compassion for those in similar situations uh, to that we were in rise up. And you've probably heard it said before, it's like, what you have freedom from is what you now have authority in, right? And so if, if the Lord has freed you from something in the area, you now have authority in that. You have overcome through the blood of Jesus. And so you can, you can help people, other people, get freedom from the same thing. I want to read a, a quote from Charles Spurgeon. When we talk about being at peace with God, we speak of the joy which this reconciliation brings, we can say, we know it is so, before, for we have felt it. We can enter with full sympathy into the case of our friends who are still unreconciled to God. We know the evil of sin and the fear it creates in the conscious, for we have felt it ourselves. We can, therefore, be tender and compassionate to others who are in a similar condition. And we also know something of the sweetness of peace. Let's go on to verse 16. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, as if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. If you're in Christ, you are a new creation. And you need to think of yourself that way. But we as believers need to think of others that way, whether in Christ or if they're not yet in Christ, we cannot judge them after the flesh. We cannot judge them with a worldly point of view. We can't look at them and see the circumstances in their life and and, and, and say that it's you know impossible to reach this person. In, in Isaiah 11 I'm going to read uh, verse 3. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. And verse 4, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. Righteousness and justice is is not judging by what the eyes see or deciding disputes by what the ears hear. And this was a prophecy. This is Isaiah talking about Christ, about Jesus. Right before this was 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 the the seven spirits of God, the, the characteristics of the Holy Spirit that rested on Jesus. And we need to we need to be like Jesus. We need to see people. Through the eyes of Christ, through the eyes of the Spirit, and not our our worldly judgments. We can't look at a person and say, This person is a blank, drug addict, adulterer, conservative, liberal, whatever we think that makes them too far gone from God. we We can't look at them that way. We need to humble ourselves, lay down our worldly judgments and engage that person, love that person, talk to that person, explain the goodness, the kindness of, of, of God that, re- that leads us to repentance. We need to talk to those people because with God, all things are possible. No one is too far from the kingdom. Let's go to verse 18 in Second Corinthians 5. This is the ministry of reconciliation. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So he gave you the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. We, don't, we need to not count people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And this is is a powerful thought. We're going to talk about ambassadors. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. He actually wants to partner with each uh, each one of us to reconcile the world to himself. He wants us to be co-laborers with him in that task. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation and you you. Have the righteousness of God, you have become the righteousness of God, and now we need to step out and bring other people into the righteousness of God That's what an ambassador does an ambassador, if you look at it in the in the Greek, it has this connotation of of eldership, and as I was you know, kind of looking different things up and trying to understand what Paul was trying to say. I don't think he was saying that you had to be old to, to, to work in the ministry, ministry of reconciliation. What he was saying is that it has, it has this, this aspect of leadership. An ambassador is a leader, and each one of you in this room, whether you like it or not, or whether you know it or not, are leaders. Wherever you have influence, you have leadership. John Maxwell has a, has a quote. It says, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And so you all have influence. You might not have a formal position of leadership in, a, in an organizational structure, but if you're in a home, you have influence. You have influence if you're a parent. You have influence if you're a kid, and you, have in, you, you influence your siblings. You influence your workplace. You influence your, your schools. You influence those that you engage with on, on social media. You are leaders, and, and God is calling you to be ambassadors of his kingdom. And an ambassador is, is the head of an embassy. So an embassy, if you're, you're probably familiar, you know there's, there's a, a building set up in, in another country. And so, you know, say we have the United States and there's an embassy in maybe a capital city of another country, we'll say Mexico. And that, that embassy is, is set up to actually promote friendly, friendly relations. I said that last, friendly. Friendly relations between the sending country and the receiving country and the ambassador is is the head of the embassy and and so it's a powerful thought if you think of us as ambassadors we are are we are representatives of Christ of his kingdom in this world we're supposed to be uh, in the world but not of the world we're each a walking embassy wherever we go we have the influence of the kingdom around us we need, we need to realize that we have the influence of the kingdom around us we are a walking embassy and we're charged with the ministry of reconciliation we are charged with building friendly relationships with people not in the kingdom to bring them into the kingdom amen I want to tell a testimony, and this, is, this was from a long time ago. I think it was 2006 or 2007, or seven, somewhere in that range. And it's, it was one of the, the marked times in my life where I was like, okay, this was one of those ambassador moments. And Pastor Chris talked about this a couple of weeks ago that, you know, sometimes we, we sow seeds, sometimes we water, and sometimes the harvest is, is reaped, right? Well, this was a a sowing and possibly watering moment, and I was uh, I was at Barnes and Noble. I was uh, in engineering school at the time, I think grad school probably. And uh, you know, I had my engineering notebook. If you if you've ever seen those, you know, you have a grid all over, and it's so you can you can graph things more easily by hand. And engineers are notoriously bad at handwriting, so it keeps you in the lines too. And, and I, was, I was sitting there doing my homework at Barnes & Noble. And all of a sudden, this guy, this big African-American guy, sits down across from me at my table. And I was like, okay, what's going to happen here? He was scary. Um, and he, he smelled of alcohol. Um, and it, I, was, I was like, okay, what's happening here? And this guy just kind of starts telling me a little bit about his story. Um, and I might get details mixed up because it was a long time ago, but I, a, a few things I remember. I remember he, he looked at my calculator. I had a graphing calculator for engineering school, TI-89, and um, he's like, man, I have never seen one of these things before. He's like, you, you don't know where I come from. And then he grabs my engineering paper that I was doing homework on, and, and he takes a pen and just scribbles something on it. And he's like, he pushed it to me, and he's like, what does that say? And I, I had no idea, because either he was too drunk to write properly, or he was illiterate. But this, this thought dropped in my mind but, that I recognized later was the Holy Spirit. I was like, man, you wrote God. And he's like, yeah, that's right. And then he writes something else, and, and I was like, and asked me again, I was like, that's Jesus, isn't it? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, man, who are you? And, and so we're, we're talking a little bit more. And one of the things I remember him saying, and I don't remember the order, he's like, you know, I could kill you right now. And I was like, well, okay. But, but I just, it, I, there's just like this peace and this trust. And I was just like, no, I trust you. He's like, why would you trust me? And, it, and then I just started talking about, I was like, Jesus inside of me. I, I just trust you. He's like, oh, okay. And so we talked a little bit more. And if you remember in Barnes and Noble, I don't, I don't think it's like this anymore. But the the one side of the building was all the music is the music section, and that's when they had actual physical CDs, and you could go in there and like put headphones on and demo stuff. And, and so he's like, "Hey, come with me. I wanna, I want you to listen to something I was listening to earlier," and I don't remember what it was. Um, but as we were about to step into that music, sec- music section, and I think he had stepped in, he turns around to me. And tears start running down his face, and he's like, "Who is God?" And all I said to him was, "He's your father, and he loves you." And I gave him a hug, and you know, just tears were streaming down his eyes. And so we go into this music section, and he he starts playing this music for me. And all of a sudden, I turn around, and there's two policemen there. They grab this guy. They put handcuffs on him, and they take him away. And they kind of questioned me afterwards. Like, was I, whistle- I was like, I don't know who he is. And then they, they told me he had been shop- shoplifting and doing some other things. And so they, they took him away <laughs> to jail. And so in those prior moments, he stepped into an embassy he stepped into an encounter with the kingdom of God where he got to hear the truth of God the Father that loved him. And I have no idea what happened to him afterwards. But in that moment, he saw something of of Jesus. And around us, there's so many people ready to see something of Jesus revealed in each one of us. And we need to have that heart of compassion. We need to have a heart of love. We need to have the ministry of the Holy Spirit behind us so that we can see people the way that Jesus does. And so I want to pray for us over a few things. Pastor Chris, if you want to come up. I think what we're going to do, yeah, Let everybody stand up. And the first thing I want to pray over, I just want to pray for repentance, asking forgiveness for especially this, this idea of judging people after the flesh, of putting up walls with our, our opinions or putting up walls with our convictions or, or actually attacking those who believe differently than we do, tearing them down, mocking them, it grieves the heart of God. And I just want to I want to pray over that first. So just agree with me. And if you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, just just go with it. Just let your heart be breaking, broken for for him. But the good news is that he forgives us from all sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And that there's so much grace. So, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that your kindness leads us to repentance. And, Father, we just say right now we are sorry for putting up walls between us and other believers, putting up walls between us and and people that need Christ, because we've been so caught up in our opinions and and caught up in our convictions that that we've forgotten about the gospel. Lord, let us not forget about the gospel. Let us not forget about the good news of Jesus Christ. And let us be filled with love. Let us be filled with love. God, we pray right now that you would do a heart transplant, that you would give us a heart of flesh, and that you would tear away the stones, God. Tear away the stones in our hearts. Help us to see with eyes like you do. We thank you for, we thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray over a couple more things, but I just want you to know that this, This altar is open, and if you feel the Lord leading you to surrender, don't stop. You can come up here, and the Lord will honor that. Jesus, I want to pray for compassion. Father, give us your heart show us your heart show us your heart we want to love like you do we want to stop for the ones in front of us give us a broken heart for the those that need you for those in the the desolate places for those in the lofty places god those who who every who who have a wall around them of, of pretense and prestige and, and all those things. Lord, give us a heart for those people. Give us a heart for those in leadership, in government that we don't see eye to eye with, but but give us compassion to pray for them, Father, and for them to enter into the kingdom of God. And Father, those we run into in, in stores, Lord, let us be moved with compassion for the, the, the lady on the other side of the aisle whose children are screaming. Let us be moved with compassion for our school teachers, for the people in our own homes. Give us your heart, God. Give us your heart, God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray over one more thing. The, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. To be a reconciler, we need the Holy Spirit active in us. We need the gifts of the Spirit moving in us, the presence of God in us, overflowing. And so right now, I just want to give you guys an invitation. Uh, I, I want a hunger to rise up for the Holy Spirit to come on your lives, He's in you, but he wants to overflow. He wants to overflow. He wants to to spread, and he wants to, to be a reconciler to those around you. And so, Father, right now, I ask that Your presence would fall, that Your Holy Spirit would fall in this place. Father, I pray that people would sense Your presence, that they would feel heat, that they would feel uh, uh, electricity, that they would feel peace, that they would feel whatever the manifestation is, that they would know that You are filling them right now, God. And uh, Father, I pray that that gifts of the Spirit would be awakened in this room right now. In Jesus' name, I pray that people would move in gifts of healing, that people would be, be moved in gifts of faith, that people would be moved in, in gifts of, of prophecy, in tongues, in all of the, all of the gifts, Father, just, just raise them up so they can be reconcilers, God. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, come with your fire. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.